0: 2 Timothy chapter 4 tonight. Look with me in verse 1. The Bible said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He is the judge. Amen. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. You can be seated tonight. Lord, we sure do love you. And uh, thank you tonight for the good choir singing. Uh, Lord, we're glad and happy in our heart tonight uh, because of salvation. But we're glad and happy in our heart tonight because we know that when we got to make that crossing, that you'll be there with us. And I thank you for that. Lord, that we've got the promise of heaven, but the promise that you'll come and get us. And we thank you. Well, we're going to preach for a little while now. It's preaching time. and We do ask you to come by and stir in hearts and do something that... I cannot do. And uh, Lord, I pray that folk would be very attentive to the Word of God. And uh, Lord, I I pray that we would leave out of here better than what we come in. That if there's one here lost, that you'd save them. Uh, Encourage them in salvation and help somebody to get right if they need to. But Lord, that we would just be attentive to the Word of God and apply it to our lives. And we thank you for Calvary and thank you for Jesus. And what it means. Help us now. Knowing us afresh from heaven. I believe this to be the message for the hour. And God I pray and know I believe that it is. And I pray you'd help now. Touch hearts and save that sinner's nearest tale. For these things in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Uh, as the apostle Paul was talking to Timothy. He was coming down toward the uh, end of his life. He talks about in the latter part of. Uh, or in the middle part of chapter 4, just in the next verse, as a matter of fact, uh, he said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I believe Paul felt uh, as though he was leaving here uh, uh, in this world. And uh, he gives Timothy some instructions, uh, uh, and the one thing that he, or the many things he told him, but uh, the one thing he said in verse uh, 2 was to preach. Uh, preach, uh, if there's anything that uh, the world needs today, uh, and that's preaching. Uh, I mean, they need pre- don't need teaching, we need preaching. Uh, we've got enough teachers today, uh, but we ain't got enough preachers. And I want to preach for just a little while uh, uh, on this thought, on this man uh, uh, called the preacher. Now we find the first preacher mentioned in the Bible was Noah. He said, how do you get that? See, Peter chapter 2, and the Bible said, "...and spare not the old world, but save Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly." I believe that Noah was the first man to be considered a preacher, if I could say that. I don't know about Enoch and all those things, but I do know this, that the Bible called Noah a preacher." God's got him out there building an ark and telling people, hey, uh, uh, you need to get on board because rain's coming, uh, uh, God's judgment is coming uh, and you need to get right with God uh, and get on this boat. You realize that's one of the, the messages that the preacher needs to be telling uh, uh, is repent, amen. Amen. Uh, when I look at this, I, I thought about what does it mean uh, uh, to preach. Can, can I just stop for a second uh, and say, I personally, uh, I, I don't know to be anything else. Uh, I, I've been a preacher. I, I, I was counting it up uh, uh, this afternoon uh, uh, for like 38. Uh, not 38, I ain't that old. Uh, uh, for, I am 38 past that, long past that. <laughs> 33 years, I hope that's right, 33 years of my life. Mitchell got tickled in. Uh, 33 years of my life, I've been preaching. And that's all I know. And, and 22, almost 22 of those years, I've been right here. And so I don't know how to do anything else. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, God put something inside of me uh, uh, when it comes to preaching. Now, I'm glad that I got saved when I was 14 I, I, and I remember getting saved. I, I, I remember going to get saved and asking Christ uh, uh, to save me uh, and that's about all I've done. I didn't know anything else to do. I, I'll be honest with you church, I, I knew I was lost. I was very ignorant on the fact uh, of being saved. I didn't know anything else to do uh, but cry out to a God in heaven uh, and ask Him to save me and I'm glad uh, uh, that He'd done that. Uh, He said, all you that labor and are heaven laden, Uh, uh, he said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Uh, I'm so glad that you can come to him uh, and get saved. But I remember that morning uh, uh, as God, and and I can remember leading up to the time uh, about God dealing with my heart, uh, uh, about preaching. I remember very little about it. I I don't remember how much he dealt with me, but I remember that he dealt with me about that thing. And I remember my pastor got up uh, uh, one Sunday morning, uh, and in a men's meeting, and he got to preaching over there about looking for a man. God was looking for a man. I to standing in the gap, but he found none. And I remember that so plain. And I remember being in that meeting, how God burdened my heart and dealt with my heart. And I'll be honest with you, I got so afraid I had to leave that meeting, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had to be honest with you, I, I knew that I could not leave that church house I, I, without doing something. I mean, I was scared to death I, I had to go forward, but I was more scared to go backward I, than I was to go forward. And I remember how God dealt with my heart to make a preacher out of me. And I didn't know nothing about preaching uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist, uh, more of a formal type Southern Baptist church. I, I'm not in a whole lot of shout. I don't remember no shouting. I'll be honest with you, I don't. I, I remember men used to say "men." I, I, I never seen hands go up in the air. Never seen none of that. But I mean, when I got exposed to that, and boy, God done something in my heart there. But I'll preach about that later. But preaching, preaching means to uh, pronounce a public discourse. I had to look up what that meant. Discourse—that means making a talk. Uh, Joseph, that's what it means, son. Making a talk, and so it means making a public talk uh, uh, on a religious subject or from a text scripture from the Bible. It means the discourse on the gospel way of salvation. And to exhort repentance, he said in Webster's 18.28. And to discourse on evangelical truths. So if it means to make a talk, God called the right man when he called me because I know how to talk. I mean, if there's anything on Mark knows how to do, it's talk. Amen. And I'm good at it. Listen, there's one thing. I I mean, I'm glad I married my wife. I'm glad I pastored down here. But I'm going to tell you, I'm glad to be a preacher. I'm glad that God, there's a lot of men I run into sometimes uh, and you think it's a burden uh, uh, and that to be a preacher to them, then I just quit if that's how it is, friend. Uh, Now, I've got my problems and I've got my burdens uh, uh, that I bear and pastor in this church, uh, uh, but I'm glad uh, uh, to be a preacher. I want us to look real quick tonight, by way of introduction, can I say that preachers have different jobs? What do you mean they have different jobs? God makes evangelists out of some uh, and makes pastors out of others. Uh, That's about the two jobs that preachers have. He's either going to make them an evangelist uh, or he's going to make a pastor out of them. And he tells Timothy in this scripture here, uh, as he's made him a pastor at the church at Ephesus, uh, uh, he told him here, he said, do the work uh, of an evangelist. A lot of men, they... They quit becoming an evangelist. Now that don't mean necessarily going out and holding revivals, but that means going out and, and, and trying to win folk under Christ. I remember a time, and shame on me, but I remember a time when I would go out and street preach. We'd go street preach and we'd try to get folks saved. And I, I, I mean, and, 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 and I think that's what God wants us to do, try to go get folks saved. And by the way, we we wait for folk to come in. Listen, that's what Israel done. God made the the tabernacle and God made the temple. Uh, uh, And and it was all about come and see uh, uh, what God's doing over here. It was all about come and see what God has built uh, and what God has made. But that ain't the way it is today. Uh, You know what he's telling the church? Uh, Go and tell. That's what he wants us to do is go and tell. Now there's many different styles to preaching. You find out about Jeremiah. He was the weeping prophet. Uh, uh, He told Ezekiel over there to smite his hand uh, and stamp his foot. Uh, He told Isaiah to cry aloud uh, and spare not. But the very first thing that one of the things that Paul told Timothy was to preach. So I want to look at some things about this man uh, called the preacher he takes regular men, and by the way, it ain't women. Now let me say this tonight, I didn't make that rule, God made that rule. You got a problem with that, you take it up with him, and leave me alone, please. But I'll show you in this book, uh, where he calls men to preach. God takes regular men, and ordinary men, uh, uh, and wants to do extraordinary things with them. Now, a lot of you all are going to get off easy tonight. I feel sorry for Mitchell and Jeremiah. Number one, first of all, there is the marking of the preacher. God calls the preacher. I talked about that in my introduction, but take your Bible and go to the book of Romans chapter 10. And boy, as as the Apostle Paul was uh, talking about salvation over here in Romans 10, and we come to verse 13. After he give a, a great message on salvation, I uh, talked about that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You come down to verse, well let me read verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, verse 11, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Boy, I called upon him. My soul I called upon him. I remember that night, Jeremiah, when I called on him, that that is one thing as I knelt down to think or or to pray, I was thinking to myself, I'm actually praying to God in heaven. I did. I don't know why I thought that, what run through my mind, I, I, but I remember that. That I'm, hey, I, I'm down here calling out to heaven. And boy, I'm glad he heard. Amen. You come to verse 13, it said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a wonderful verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they what? hear without a preacher? It's the preacher's job uh, uh, and that to preach. Uh, uh, but notice what he said. And how shall they preach uh, except they be sent? And how we, And then he said this, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them <clears throat> that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Listen. God, he calls and he sends. If you've you've never been called to to preach, I I, I don't think I'd start. Amen. I'll just be honest with you. I just just don't think I'd start tonight. But if you look in in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 21, uh, he said, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them. That believe." let me park right here and make another statement. But if he has called you, I believe I'd start. Hey he said in verse 22, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and that God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty uh, and the base things of the world and the things uh, uh, which are despised hath God chosen yea and the things which are not uh, uh, to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence I I know that he calls men and women to get saved uh, uh, and there's nothing that you can do in yourself to get saved uh, uh, but I can tell you this tonight he calls men to preach uh, uh, and he chooses men now notice what here, and I believe this will work out of this verse, how that he says, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things to confound the wise and weak things that confound the mighty and base things of the world and the things which are despised that God chose. yea, and things which are not to bring the not things that are. Hey, I've listened to men that could barely speak their name and read their name and barely read this Bible. But boy, when God well, old Neil, my, something changed in their life? Hey, I'm telling you, me and Mitchell knew a feller. Uh, I, I think about Mitchell Jones, you know, and I and I think God saved him and called him to preach. That hurt him too much. I, I, but you know how he learned how to read? He learned how to read out of a King James Bible. So he learned how to read. They couldn't read. Uh, before he got set, I mean, it's 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 just amazing uh, uh, that God will take uh, uh, that God will take men, just regular men that uh, the world looks at uh, uh, and says there ain't much to them, uh, and God can do something with them. And by the way, you don't have to be a preacher for God to do something with. I don't know who this is for, but boy, it's a doing me some good tonight. Sometimes I get to thinking I'm doing something and then I'm reminded, I'm reminded that the only reason I am anything is because of him. It's all because of him tonight. He chose the base things of this world. Notice what he said. The base things of this world and the things which are despised. God hath chosen, yea, and things that are not, which are not to bring to naught the things that are, why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. That scares me to death. get to thinking I'm doing something good and that I'm the cause of it. And more than I'm going to fail just sure as the world. But God, he calls his preachers. I'm getting sidetracked. Galatians 1, the apostle Paul says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, he said immediately, I confer not with flesh and blood. He didn't go up and see the disciples. He went and done what God called him to do. I believe tonight that the calling of God is without repentance. What was it for the gifts in Romans 11? And calling of God without repentance. I I believe when he calls a man to preach, he calls him to preach and he'll put preach in him. I got a problem with men that don't want to preach. say they've been called to preach, but yet they don't preach. They ain't, you can't talk them into it. You can't coax them into it. I've always had a problem with that. I I, I don't understand. I, I mean maybe it's just my own life. But friend, when go when when I really, when I really realized some things about preaching, I uh, and, and 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 grew in that thing. I, I'm telling you, I wanted to preach. When I got over the fact of, let me say, I can say this, that probably, probably, and hopefully. Uh, one, folk would have a lot of grace with me when I stood to preach. And, and hopefully they wasn't going to shoot me. Uh, can I tell you that as long as I'm probably preaching here, I don't get so nervous about standing in front of y'all. Now, like I say, I've, I still get nervous. I just don't get nervous about standing in front of you. I get more nervous about what I'm about to preach and is it the right message for the hour than anything? I'm, just, I'm honest about that thing. I, I want to know that I've got the right message. But the thing about God is this. He calls men, uh, He gives them no place to quit. Amen. Preachers ain't got no place to quit. Christians ain't got no place to quit. And Demas, you look over in the book of 2 Corinthians, Demas left and you see what kind of legacy he had. When we think about Demas, you can read about him about three or four times in the scripture and Paul talks about him helping him, but what we remember is that he quit. That's what we remember. And so God puts preach in us to go preach. Need to preach. Preach. Jeremiah said it was like a fire that was shut up in his bones. I preach a minimum of four times a week now. A minimum. Some men preach a lot more than that. But I preach four times a week just about every week. Three times here, one time at the nursing home. So I do a lot of studying and a lot of praying. But who God calls... He'll prepare for the ministry. He'll put preach in us. It won't always be easy to preach. You know, it would have been easy for me. I, I tell you what, I wrote a message down while, while Brother Jeff was teaching Sunday school this morning. And y'all might get to hear this sometimes. I just wrote it on the back of an envelope. Uh, just something he said in Sunday school. I mean it just jogged something in my heart and in my mind and and I just and and in just less than a minute I I just I had just pinned up and boy it'd been easy for me to preach that this morning after they got done singing. Uh, I mean what can he do for you? And 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 really it was just a uh, just a simple thought of who is Christ? Who is Christ? Who is Christ? You ever think about that? That He's our Savior. And that he's my friend, he's my God, he's my help, he's my keeper. He's said, well, that's simple. Yeah, but boy, it'll preach. Amen. That thing will preach. And that would have been easy for me to preach. Sometimes it's easy to preach, sometimes it ain't. He said in the text scripture in the book of 2 Timothy, he said to preach the word to be instant in season and out of season. You know, sometimes it's going to be easy to preach, fellas, and sometimes it ain't going to be so easy to preach. Sometimes uh, it's not going to be conducive uh, uh, to to say what you want to say, but you're going to have to say it anyway. Sometimes it's not going to be as as uplifting sometimes as we want it to be. I, I would love for us to be shouting in the choir every time we come down, and then I get to get up and preach behind that. That'd be easy preaching. Amen. It ain't that way all the time. The marking of the preacher God calls preachers. The thing about it is, is according to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 it ought to be done in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. Not in what we can muster up. There's the message of the preacher. We go back to the text verse and the Apostle Paul said preach the Word. Preach the Word. So the message of the Savior, the word of truth, according to Ephesians chapter 1, is what we ought to be preaching. We ought to be telling folk about Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, For I determined not to know anything among you. I I say Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Well, that's the first message we ought to preach. I can remember remember the first message I ever preached was on the rich young ruler over there. Y'all wouldn't have believed it. I preached for five minutes and was done. If I preach for five minutes now, I ain't done. I can tell you that. But I preached for the only time in my life that I probably ever preached for five minutes and was done. I, I, I mean, that's all I had to say. I said it and sat down. I didn't know nothing about preaching. Uh, Listen, I I didn't have no instruction. I just got up and give what God had gave me, expounded on the word and sat down. But the message that the preacher ought to carry is of Jesus Christ and what he done for us at Calvary. I won't give you a plug nickel for a preacher that won't tell about Calvary. I've told you a thousand times I ought to come across Calvary somewhere in my message. I ought to be pointing somebody. If it's at the very. Sometimes you'll notice that when I open my message, I'm talking about Calvary. Because I know there's a chance that I may not come across it while I'm preaching. And I want to get there. I want to point somebody that's lost to Jesus Christ. Boy, ain't you glad of Jesus tonight. The Apostle Paul, or the uh, excuse me, Philip, when he was held in the book of Acts, chapter eight, and he's out there with that eunuch, uh, and he and he was over there reading out of Isaiah, and the Bible said in the place of the scripture which he read was this: uh, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb done before his shear. So opened he not his mouth, and his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Uh, and who shall declare his generation? Uh, for his life is taken from the earth. Uh, and the eunuch answered Philip uh, uh, and said, I pray thee of whom, answer, or to whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man man you couldn't ask for nothing better I I mean, I mean I'd be like somebody bringing the Bible uh, and saying in the book of Isaiah who's he talking about right here I mean you're talking about already laying out a text scripture for you and I mean then he said this said." then Philip opened his mouth uh, and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus I bet that was some more message can you imagine Philip out there in the desert? I, boys over there reading out of Isaiah chapter fifty-three. I, I, and my son—that's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and what He done for our sins at Calvary. And I mean, man, He just let Him ride it. You can ask for nothing better than that. Well, don't you wish when you was going to witness and going to visit uh, uh, that somebody would just be looking uh, uh, for the Lord? Wasn't it? Was it? Was it, brother? Was it, brother Lou McKinney? I can't remember if it's Brother Lou McKinney or Brother Powell. I get these stories conflated, Brother Jeff. I get them conflated, you know. But him and his pastor was going to visit, you know, knocking on doors. And he said, we pulled up and there was three house trailers in a row. And, and he said, I noticed my preacher stopped for a minute uh, and kind of bowed his head and he prayed. And he said, I asked him what he was doing. And he said, I'm trying to figure out which one of these to go knock on. You know, it's important to pray about that stuff, ain't it? He said, we went up there and knocked on the door. Wife come to the door, opened the door of that trailer. I, I, and said, we told them who we were. I, I, and she invited us in. And her husband was sitting in the floor with a Bible I, trying to figure out how to get saved. You can't beat that, man. The message of the preacher, uh, uh, first of all, is to preach Christ. Paul said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, uh, not with wisdom of words, as the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to, perish, it's to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved it is the power of God. Hey, it is that cross uh, that will make all the difference in people's lives tonight. We should evangelize. Whether you're a preacher or not, you should evangelize. But fellas, we ought to be preaching the gospel tonight. Tell folk they need to get ready for he's coming again. Tell them of the love of God. We are to be telling them about the message of sin. About how the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Never be afraid. Listen to me, fellas. Never be afraid to preach on sin and against sin. Never be afraid of it. What was it that he told Jeremiah over there? Uh, He told me, he said, don't be afraid of their faces. It's one thing if I'm going to stand up here and be mean and try to be ugly, listen, then then you probably got every right in the world. to get aggravated and mad at me, but if I'm telling you the truth out of this book, shame on you if you won't get right with God. Never be afraid to preach against sin. There's nothing good ever comes out of sin. Do you know that? Nothing. Sin's only good. Sin's only pleasurable. According to the book of Hebrews, for a season, uh, and then that pleasure goes away. He said in the book of Isaiah 58, I, I cry aloud, on, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their sin or their transgression in the house of Jacob, uh, their sin. He said, tell them about it. we to be preaching against sin. The message of separation, how that we ought to be separated uh, out of this world. I believe in separation and holy living. Can I just make it simple tonight? If we preach the Scripture, we've got it. Preach what's inside this book. Whether it's salvation, whether it's on sin, whether it's on separation, uh, whether it's Him being our friend, uh, whether it's Him being our help, whether we're preaching on prayer, whatever we're preaching on, make sure it's in this book. I try to give young men a wide latitude sometimes when it comes to preaching. Say, what do you mean? I'll make this statement. Some of you have heard me say it. and A lot of you have. It's not that I misquoted the Bible probably uh, when I was younger. I probably put things in there that wasn't in there. I remember I remember the first time I ever went street preaching with, was with Brother Jerry Chapman. He was with Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. And I remember Brother Dennis Hicks told me this. Brother Dennis said, now Mark, we were in Sherville, Indiana. He said, now Mark, he says, Brother Jerry does everything slow. said, he reads slow, he preaches slow, he eats slow. But he says, when you get in that car with him to go to Chicago, he ain't going to drive slow. And man, we ran a hundred mile an hour all the way there. And so I can remember, I'd never been street preaching before. I mean, in my whole life, just met Brother Chapman while we were up there for that meeting. Never had met him before. I was 18 years old. And he takes me out and takes me street preaching. I didn't know what to expect or what to do. And I remember this man, he didn't carry a Bible. How are we going to preach without a Bible? How are we going to do that? So I'm saying, I didn't know that I could carry one with me. I didn't know that. I mean, he just wasn't carrying one. Brother Jerry just stepped out on the street corner right there on the side of the street, cupped his hand like this uh, and began to quote scripture and began to preach. Man, I ain't never seen nothing like this. I had a handful of tracts and we was handing out tracts along the way. And he said, it's your turn. And I stepped up there and tried to quote some scripture and preach a little bit. I remember we went on and he preached and I preached. We got back in the car and... He said, I thought you was quoting some of them new Bible versions over (laughs) there. Had a wide latitude with me, but tried to help me. The message. I knowed enough about getting saved and that's what mattered. The message. Boys, we got a message we need to preach. Whatever God gives us out of this book, if we're going, listen, but make sure, make sure as we get ready to preach that we're right with the Lord. And I'm going to deal with that. Listen, but the, me- the motive. Listen, we see the marking of the preacher and the message of the preacher, but then the motive of the preacher. What drives our preaching? What drives preachers? My wife will tell you that I'm strange. I think preachers are strange. I think we're strange. You've got to be strange to do what we do. You've got to be different. I, I'm not saying that you're not different in serving God. I'm just telling you, you've got to be a strange person to want to do what we do. And God kind of makes us that way. But what drives us in our preaching? You know, the one thing that drives me in my preaching, and I, I'll be honest with you, and I've, had, and I've had to look at this over the years I, and think about this, is first of all, my love for the Lord. How much do I really love God? You, you ever think about that? Yeah, you, you ever think about that? That's an awful big statement that we make when we say, boy, I'm glad God loves me. Boy, that's a big statement in itself. But boy, I love God. Well, do we? You know, I, I say I love my wife and I do love my wife. And I show my wife that I love her. How much do we show God that we love Him? What was it Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. But I love God. I love the Lord. That's one reason I want to preach. I love for God's people. You realize you're, you all are the reason I come in here Sunday in and Sunday out and Wednesday night in. and we, I don't come down here for my health. I'll be honest. Well, I do a little bit. I'm afraid God will get me if I don't. Amen. Amen. But I come down here to try to help y'all. I, I mean, I, I, I'm just being honest tonight. But this man, the preacher, has a motive behind some things. My motive is is because I love God and I, I love God's people, but I want to see folk get saved. What's that? what's your motive, fellers? I don't ever want to use this this pulpit to uh, bully somebody. Or to preach and teach my ideology, or to bring glory and honor to me, or to use it to make my sin all right. Heard a boy on the radio one time, he, 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 he dipped snuff, and uh, he was pastoring a church. And somebody must have got on to him about dipping his snuff, and he pretty much preached the whole message on why it's all right for him to dip snuff. <laughs> That's crazy. I believe I just left that alone and went on about things. Like I just left it alone. (laughs) But he did. I mean, I wouldn't have believed it if somebody had told me that, but I heard it with my own two ears. This this place right here ain't ain't made to justify my sin or nobody else's sin. I'm not going to justify your sin. I hope you're my friend. I do, but but my, my alliance lies to God, not to our friendship tonight. The motive of the preacher is because he loves God and he loves God's people, but he loves sinners and wants to see them get saved. The motive is, is, is and I've, I've sat and listened to, to too many preach and be mean. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about bold preaching and preaching. I'm talking about being intentionally mean. If you've been around as much preaching as some of us have, you know what I'm talking about. They, they equate mean preaching with bold preaching. And that's not true tonight. But the manner of the preacher how the preacher lives or to be a humble life living in humility. We should never be prideful in any way. If I walk away here and see that God's done something in here it's not the only thing that that I had my hand in was because I obeyed God. Has nothing to do with me other than the fact that I obeyed God. God done the work. Amen. If somebody gets some help, then God done the work. I love love it when y'all tell me, and you say, Preacher, you just don't know how much that helped me. Uh, One of them's come to me this morning uh, after after service, and y'all know what I preached on? I I, I preached on them wolves that sneak in, uh, and and this person told me, he said, you hit the nail right on top of the head. We live a life of humility because pride will not work. You know, it won't work in your life. Pride will destroy you. Pride, what what is it? Pride go up before destruction and the Holy Spirit before a fall? Pride scares me. I'm I'm just being honest tonight as much as I know how to be. Getting prideful scares me because I've seen too many do it. I don't like pridefulness. He told us in 1 Peter, he said, Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. He resisteth the proud. I would hate hate to think that I'd walk through them doors back there and, and think that I'm fixing to come up here and do something. I'd really hate to think that. And fellas, I'd hate for y'all to think that. Or to live in humility. Remember that it's God that chose us and it's God that's going to do something with us. And if he gets anything done, we're to be obedient. And it's the same in your life. It's the same in your life tonight. If God's going to do anything with your life, you're going to have to be obedient we got to be holy. we got to be separated and and consecrated in that to the work of God. He said in 1 Peter, be ye holy for I am holy. Uh, I, I mean, some preachers want to live the way they want to. Some want to live like they want to out there in the world and then get up behind the pulpit uh, and preach some kind of message. I, I shout around a little bit and think they've really done something. I, I listen, I, I, I know that, that what I'm doing out there is going to affect what's going on right here. It's going to. To live holy and separated. God wants us to live next to him. You, can't, you cannot live like the world, preachers and church folk alike, and expect God to do something in your life that's great. We need to be honest. Honest. I got to hear Brother Roloff, not in person, but I got to hear Brother Roloff preach ordination service. And he was telling that old boy, he said, he said don't, don't, don't make the church pay for everything. He said, if you're going to go hunting, at least go buy your own shells. I thought that's pretty good. He said, if you make a bill, then pay the bill. That's true. I won't, give you, I, I won't give you anything for a preacher that's making bills and he won't pay them. I mean, you can't trust him. He's stealing. He's stealing. Now, let, let, me, let me say this. Can, can, can you believe that the radio station that I've been dealing with, I told my wife, I guess it's last night we were talking about this because Brother Bob McCurry passed away. Brother Bob's been coming on the air before me. I I started coming on the air in Sweetwater in the third uh, Sunday in February of 1998. And Brother Bob was already on the radio at that point. And that's that's 25 years ago, over 25 years ago. But can you believe that the radio station has preachers that will go out there uh, and preach and don't pay their bills? Don't make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, if you're gonna make a bill, pay it. But my goodness, if you're gonna make a bill about preaching, certainly pay that thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Be faithful, be honest in your dealings and pay your bills. Be faithful in your home life and what God calls you to do. Study, pray, preach. Just be faithful to it. It's not always going to be easy. Not everybody's going to be your friend. There's times you've got to go to study when you'd rather be doing something else. I can remember years ago, I don't even remember if I was pastoring here at this time. I might have just been on the radio. But I, I remember, you got, you got to understand something. Me, me, me and my wife and Paul and Heather has been running since we were teenagers. And they were down at our house one day. And I don't even know if he remembers this. Uh, but my wife, I think she's remembered it. But I, I, they were down at the house and, and I, and I enjoyed their fellowship. And uh, when we were younger, I still, still enjoy it. Not because we were younger. Amen. But it's <laughs> what it sounded like when it's coming out of my head at that point. But I can remember I had to tell them, you all sat out here and talk and watched about whatever we were doing. But I went to the study. Now, I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying that it didn't matter. When it's time to study, it's time to study. It's time to pray, it's time to pray. Not everybody's going to be your friend. There's going to be times you'd rather be doing something else besides studying and praying. But that's what you're going to have to do. And there's going to be battles to fight. The Apostle Paul said this in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. If we're enabled in the ministry, it's because of Christ. And then he said this. For that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I'm glad God counted me faithful to put me where he put me at. done something with me. I've learned something. If, If you'll be faithful to him, he'll help. He'll help. Let's pray.